That was a clip from the BBC's 1984 nuclear war drama, Threads, and you are listening to the Armada EW podcast. Perhaps the most depressing drama ever shown, Threads deals with a fictional nuclear attack on the city of Sheffield in northern England and its aftermath. Our clip underscored the panic in a bunker when the occupants realised their communications and electrical systems have been knocked out by the electromagnetic pulse caused by a nuclear explosion. Electromagnetic pulse dangers are back on the agenda. Experts wonder if Russian President Vladimir Putin will perform a high-altitude nuclear detonation over Europe to cause a potentially devastating EMP. China is thought to be designing non-nuclear weapons which can trigger the electromagnetic pulse. Meanwhile, naturally occurring solar phenomena may also have similar effects. Fortunately, steps can be taken to reduce EMP dangers. We're delighted to be joined today by Davidson Scott and Brad Face. Davidson and Brad are both experts on the EMP, and they join us from South Carolina and Virginia, respectively. Davidson, Brad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's start off by talking a little bit about the electromagnetic pulse. Just what is the EMP and why should we be concerned? Well, uh, electromagnetic pulse is a phenomenon where a high altitude nuclear explosion irradiates the uh, atmosphere at approximately 20 to 30 kilometers above the ground level, causing it through a number of physical phenomenon to emit a high intensity radio frequency pulse uh, that is a, a broad a broad band and particularly damaging to electrical components, electronics, and infrastructure. When did we first become aware of the EMP and its effects? Well, a lot of the, the original data is from the testing of nuclear weapons. Uh, in terms of our own company, the uh, we became aware of the EMP living in a highly militarized part of Virginia. It's, it's uh, got every branch of the Defense Department here, even the Coast Guard and NOAA. And uh, we are a developer of technologies at FACE, and uh, we realized uh, that we had a means of mitigating the effects of EMP. And so we started working on that uh, very confidentially with the uh, federal government back in 2020. And uh, late in 2021, they decided to uh, release the national security hold on what we were working on. And at that point, we started reaching out to increase our team. And actually, some of the experts we've been meeting with during that time suggested we get together with Davidson. And that's how our our relationship began uh, right after we launched the company, uh, after the national security hold and, and it was released in December. Let, let me uh, interject a little bit about the, the historical aspects of EMP. A lot of people know about Starfish Prime, a nuclear test back in the uh, early 60s that was uh, detonated over the Pacific and it, it impacted uh, infrastructure in Hawaii. There also was a a test uh, in in the Soviet Union over uh, Kazakhstan, uh, which was uh, uh, known as Tsar Bomba, which uh, also created a uh, number of uh, effects 
in the immediate area that the Soviets knew about, and uh, they didn't know whether or not we knew about it. And uh, there's some drama associated around uh, banning of uh, atmospheric testing by the Soviets discovering this and not wanting us to discover it, and so wanting to ban uh, atmospheric testing. But, but that's for another day. Back in the 19th century, there's the, the naturally occurring EMP, the Carrington event, quite famous, uh, I believe it's 1859, that fried all the uh, telegraph keys around the world. So that's the other means of this uh, threat uh, arising. Uh, Brad, the Carrington event, that was created by solar activity, I understand. Yes, and, and Davidson can, makes a real good presentation on exactly how that solar activity transmits into the problem. Well, <clears throat> there is a little bit of a misunderstanding regarding solar flares. A solar flare doesn't need to be shielded in the way that a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse gets shielded, but it does create very uh, significant issues for long lines like uh, transmission lines and, and uh, certainly telegraphs, which we don't have too many operating today. But uh, so, so that's a, uh, it's a, it's sort of a different phenomenon. It's much lower in frequency, but it's, uh, it's serious nonetheless. So we've talked about the EMP being triggered by nuclear weapons, uh, nuclear detonations, for example, and we've just talked about obviously these solar events that can have a risk. Can the EMP be triggered in any other ways? Um, is it possible to trigger it without a nuclear explosion artificially? Sure. In the, uh, the vernacular of the, uh, of the art, it, uh, it's known as IEMI, Intentional Electromagnetic Pulse, and that uh, runs the gamut from... Uh, uh, damage, disruption, upset. But from a damage perspective, a repurposed radar, for instance, can generate a waveform. There's generally three waveforms that you use in IEMI, and, and they're detailed in uh, uh, International Electrotechnical Commission standards, but um, they, they can be repurposed to, to damage uh, electronic equipment. And um, that's a primary threat that is uh, uh, of concern. Some intelligence people in the West believe the adversaries to the West have developed a means of uh, putting a warhead on a, like a hypersonic delivery system that is uh, creates EMP by some sort of chemical process. The, the goal being to take out any ability to react to the attack uh, without damaging any of the facilities in the target area. Gentlemen, we've talked a little bit about the causes of the EMP. What measures can we take to reduce their effects? Well, we've developed a means of, uh, of sending what begins as electrical energy through a closed uh, Faraday cage or shield. It's a solid box around the desired protected device, and we can get electricity in and out of it, signals in and out of it, without doing what they do now, which is drilling holes in it and filling those holes uh, with filters or the wires that go through with the holes in and out of the box. We do it by converting the electrical energy into acoustic energy as it travels through that shield. We're working on some other things uh, in face and working with Davidson on uh, other means of mitigating EMP that we'll be uh, announcing as the year proceeds. From a technical perspective, it's all about isolation uh, between the outside environment and the inside environment from the electromagnetic energy. <clears throat> and that takes a, a great deal of, of system, uh, system engineering and uh, integration of um, specific design of what they call points of entry or penetrations. That could be a door, a air entryway, it could be signals. And, and Brad's particular innovation is uh, great because it isolates power uh, without compromising any um, shielding effects. And uh, there are a number of advantages to, to that approach. 
And just to clarify, gentlemen, the technology that we're talking about here, that's the, the Pulse Star technology that, uh, Brad, you, you and Davidson have helped pioneer. We're calling that one of our families uh, as these technologies roll out. So that's going to be called Pulse Star Faraday. It's the only one we've announced so far. But in working with Davidson, who has more than a decade in this field uh, as a consultant, we've come up with other ways of uh, mitigating the risk, not to replace this Faraday embodiment, but to uh, be complementary to it. And gentlemen, just to conclude, zooming out a little bit, um, do you feel that, I suppose, the public businesses, political world in general, are suitably aware of the EMP threat? And if not, what do you think can be done to sort of improve awareness and get the word out there? Well, in the United States, it's uh, if you read the publications, it was somewhat politicized in the last 10 or 15 years, which is unfortunate. But with the activities, Tom, you talked at the top of the show, uh, it's becoming more and more obvious that this is a real threat. Plus the uh, prospect of having uh, Iran uh, in possession of a nuclear weapon and uh, Israel being in that same region. Uh, folks down there are worried about lobbing nuclear weapons back and forth. So with the increased threat and the front page regular media coverage, I think lots of people are paying more attention to it now than were just six, 12 months ago. Yes. And, and, and the military has known about this for decades and has hardened its infrastructure, its critical infrastructure, uh, control centers, missile command centers, those sorts of things that you see. But, but from the public perspective, uh, utilities, at least around the U.S. and some around the world, are, are when there's time for a capital expenditure like a control center, often they are including EMP. But from a business perspective, I don't see that as uh, uh, entering into uh, uh, business critical decisions. And I think that, uh, that that's probably a good thing to change in the future to give uh, businesses options so they can figure out how to run their business and become more EMP resilient. That's part of what we're trying to do. We're certainly lost to think about. Uh, Davidson, Brad, thank you very much for both joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about the electromagnetic pulse, its effects and mitigation technologies, visit Davidson's website at emag-associates.com and Brad's website at pulsestar.com. And don't forget, there's more EW news and analysis at armadainternational.com slash electronic hyphen warfare. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for listening.